Ah, and we are live! Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We have a great show for you today, as always. Takes by Fans is live daily, folks, at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, you can do that at twitch.tv slash takesbyfans, or you can go to our website, takesbyfans.com slash watch. Um, if you want to watch but not live, you can go to our YouTube channel at Takes by Fans. We post every uh, all of our episodes there daily. Right after the show, we upload them there, and we also upload clips. So if you just want to get a little taste or maybe you just want to listen to one segment, we've got those on YouTube as well. And if you don't want to watch it all, if you just want to listen, you can do that by going to our podcast, at Takes by Fans. We're on all the big ones. Spotify is a big one. We are still waiting approval uh, for Apple Podcasts, but we will be getting on there shortly. Um, so we are all we are on most of the podcasting apps. Just like uh, just search takes by fans and we will be there. So whether you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, today is Monday, coming off of a big week of football. I mean, there were some great games last night. Um, that oh my god, that Sunday night football game, Chiefs Raiders, absolutely fantastic back and forth game, kind of like that first meeting that they had. That was an absolute great game. The Packers, that was a good game, but then they just they just couldn't get it done. Truly unfortunate. Steelers going 10-0, very well done by them. Browns getting the win over the Eagles, but we knew that. Um, so today we are just going to be breaking down all the games. We're going to go through them. That's where we start on Mondays, folks. That's how we start looking into next week, but we have to understand what happened this week first. So we are going to be looking at all the games from yesterday today. Um, but first, there is just one story we have to talk about. Not a lot of not a lot of news breaking today. Uh, so I maybe that's a good thing, um, but... Just one thing I do want to talk about, Lamar Jackson, please stop commenting after losses because you're making your team yourself look worse after these comments. I mean, this is go this goes back to last season. Remember, in the in the playoffs when they faced the Titans, Lamar Jackson after the loss came out and said that they didn't game plan for Derrick Henry. Why would you ever say that? If that was true, why the heck would you ever say that you were not game planning for the best player on a team? Oh my god, I just cannot believe when I heard that. And then we get earlier in the season when they lost um, to the Patriots, I think. Uh, he comes out and says that the defenses are calling out our plays. One, Once again, just don't say this in public, even if it's true. I know that defense, you know, that's part of the, you know, the chess match. You just kind of shout out things, you know, just to kind of get the de get the offense a little, you know, unnerving. Maybe you know, maybe you don't. You just say things that you think get in the heads of the offensive players. So whether the defense were actually calling out the players or not, I don't think you come out publicly and say that the defenses are calling out our plays because now they're like, oh, hang on, we were right some of those times. Now we can go back, all right, when we were right, giving other teams that go back and looking at film, all that stuff. So, And then we get the comments from yesterday because, once again, the Ravens lost and they faced the Titans. And then he comes out and says, it looked like the team wanted it more than us. So you didn't want to win the game? You like you just admittedly publicly at home against a team that you just lost to in the playoffs? A team that you're at home against? A team that you really have to beat to be a premier team in this league? And you say it just looked like they wanted it more than us? 
Lamar Jackson, this is not making you look any better. Like, if we were just supposed to be like, oh, oh, that's why they lost. Because the other team, the Titans, wanted it more. Oh, that's why the Ravens lost. Because they weren't playing 100%. Oh, that's okay. Now we can forgive you. Now we can keep saying that you're one of the best teams in the league. Okay. Lamar Jackson makes everything better saying it looked like the team wanted it more than us. I mean, folks, Lamar Jackson, please stop talking after losses. Because really, I'm ready to take you out of the top 10 in our power rank. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to do that tomorrow when we unveil our top 10 power rankings. We're taking the Ravens right out. They haven't been an inequality team, folks. They're losing these big games at home. They got all these big games at home. They're the Steelers' first meeting. They were in Baltimore um, right here against the Titans in Baltimore. What more can they ask for? It's not like they're losing these games on the roads. The Chiefs have to go out in the road and face all the good opponents. The Steelers have to go on the road and face all the good opponents. But the Baltimore Ravens, they get all the good opponents at home, and they still can't win. And then we get a Lamar Jackson quote that just makes the loss even worse here. Not good. Lamar Jackson, please stop. Please stop talking after losses. That's all I ask for. Because uh, your last three big losses, you've come out with some doozies of statements that I don't even know why you would say these things or publicly admit. You may be thinking these things, and those are things maybe you keep internal in the locker room, one-on-one -on -one meetings with the coaches and stuff like that. But you do not come out with a public statement like this that gets quoted on Twitter. You have me talking about it. I should not be talking about Lamar Jackson's quotes after games. I should not be doing that. So, Lamar. Jackson just maybe zip it a little bit or how about we win the game first win a good game first and then you don't have to you know be pressured am I saying the right thing or am I saying the wrong thing again so how about we win the games first and then you can say whatever the heck you want <laughs> all right uh, all right so that's just the one thing I wanted to get out of the way because we we're seeing it time and time again and it's just not getting any better um all right so with that being said, actually, since we got some extra time here in the beginning, we don't have to cover a lot of stories. Let's defend our picks. This is a segment that I have wanted to implement into our show, defend our picks kind of right at the top of the show on Mondays when um, all of the games have been decided and all of our picks have officially played. So let's do that really quickly. We defend our bets and we still defend our picks 100% here. Um, all right. So here we go. Packers plus two. I mean, folks, did you watch that game? Very close. They were up. I think they were up 28 seven at one point and then they started to come back I knew they were up 14 at halftime and then they just could not score do anything in the second half of the game and that's something that we are gonna have to look into why are the Packers like this it's like they're so explosive sometimes and then most of the time they're not it's like it's going on those big swings are going taking place in those games like from the first quarter to the second quarter it's like a totally different team this uh this Packers team so Packers plus two they lose by three. Very, very close. They had multiple chances to win this game, but they were just not clutch. It's just Aaron Rodgers couldn't score the touchdown in the red zone multiple times. They go for it on the fourth down. Um, about five minutes left in the game when they could have taken the game-tying field goal. And then they fumble in overtime. They get the ball first in overtime. The Cowboys, the Packers plus two was looking a lock at that point. Getting the ball first in overtime. They score the field goal. Looking good. They score the touchdown. They win. The Packers plus two was looking real good they lose by three truly unfortunate but we still stand by it and we'd still take it Packers plus two going back in time
um, Cowboys plus seven. This was the best bet of the week. If you watched last Thursday when we live reacted to the Lions, I could not believe it. This was the best bet. We called this absolutely to a T perfecto. Andy Dalton played great. Well, he didn't play great. His stats were good. He didn't look the best. We will look at him a little bit on Wednesday when we do our film study. Um, but they went outright, and we, we called it absolutely to a T here. Cowboys plus seven, the best bet of the week, and that one hit, so well done there. Browns minus three, probably our second best bet of the week, maybe third best bet of the week. Um, Browns minus three, they went outright. I mean, are we really trusting Carson Wentz? And he had, he had two, turno two turnovers again. I mean, folks, this man cannot play. This Eagles team cannot play. And I saw a lot of people on Fox Sports, like some big commentators. I'm not going to name names here, but... That were saying this was an easy win for the Eagles, and you know Carson Wentz is you know better than what he's showing, and they'll get it done against the Browns, and the Browns defense isn't any good, and but they picked off Carson Wentz twice and held them bad and forced turnovers at like the goal line at the one yard line, folks. This Eagles team is not good, and this Browns minus three was kind of free money for us. All right, so two or three out of our locks, not bad, almost perfect in our locks, really should have been perfect in our locks, Packers plus two, really letting us down a little bit, Aaron Rodgers letting us down, who would have ever thought? <clears throat> All right, and then our 99% guarantee section, Raiders plus eight. I mean, folks, that was a doozy of a game, kind of ex exactly how we thought it would kind of play out, kind of like what happened in their first meeting, very high scoring, back and forth game. So we got Raiders plus eight, more than a touchdown, more than one possession, absolutely fantastic. They lose about, what, four, three, four, five points. Plus eight was absolutely fantastic. We hit it right on the head. This was probably our second best bet of the week. I probably should have moved that up into the locks. I was feeling very, very good on that in the live show and then I just got in my head Andy Reid off of a buy that's all I could keep thinking Andy Reid off of a buy Andy Reid off of a buy so that's why I put it in the 99% guarantee section it, that's just how it goes when you build the parlays you know may you know just switch one in one out you have a winner if you don't do that you have a loser truly unfortunate but Raiders plus eight absolutely all day uh, Dolphins minus three and a half, and we kind of called this one perfectly as well. We were very confident in the Dolphins minus three and a half because of the defense, the 1%, um, you know, in our 99% guarantee. The 1% that we had issue with is Tua going on the road, not getting carried by the defense. We haven't seen him uh, kind of play a complete game where he has to go out and score from the first quarter to the last quarter. Um, the defense almost helped him, or kind of really did help him in the first quarter. They take advantage, they score a touchdown, but they couldn't do anything offensively after that. He gets benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick. So Dolphins minus three and a half, unfortunate. Ryan Fitzpatrick, very close to tying it up, but pulls an old Ryan Fitzpatrick move in, throws an interception in the end zone. We'll talk about it when we get there. So, unfortunate with Dolphins minus three and a half there. That does not pan out. And Atlanta plus four, man. I mean, I was, I've been big on this Atlanta's offense, and they just laid an absolute stinker. They were decent, you know, they were decent in the first quarter. Or in the first half, they were, you know, they had to settle for field goals, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, that Atlanta offense last night, yesterday, was the worst Atlanta offense showing I've ever seen this season. That That is not the Atlanta offense, I know. And they were coming off of a bye. This one was huge. I'll, I'll just straight up admit that we missed this one 100%. Um, Atlanta off of a bye. I don't even think Taysom Hill had too much to do with it. Yes, he did look very good. But, I mean, I was counting on Atlanta at least putting up at least 20 points with the plus four here. So they didn't even get any close to that. I was 100% wrong in this Atlanta plus four pick. Absolutely. Um, 
But yeah, other than that, very close. Once again, we pretty much predicted it right. It's just Aaron Rodgers couldn't be a little clutch. And Tua just, you know, couldn't get it done himself. So unfortunate. <clears throat> Alrighty, so with all that being said, let's get start getting into these games from yesterday. We go through them all, we look at the stats, we might look at some plays, some highlights here, and you know, we just talk about them. All these games from last night, the ones, the fours, the eight o'clock games from last night, we've got them all here, and we are going to start with the first one right up on our list here, Titans and Ravens, and this was a fantastic game. Um, Ravens, it was kind of all Ravens in the first half, they were looking kind of good offensively, Titans were struggling offensively. I I mean, these receivers could not catch any passes from Ryan Tannehill in the first half. It started to really change in the second half when they started finally getting the deep shots. The receivers were actually catching the ball. Uh, who, who, yeah, Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. They were just having real trouble in the first half catching the ball. And when Ryan Tannehill delivers the ball, it's usually pretty accurate. Um, if it's not accurate, it's because it has to be not accurate. Like, pressure is coming. He has to throw around a defender or something like that. So, he's usually pretty accurate placing the ball where it has to be placed, whether it be a defender covering or just, you know, him scrambling has to get the arm motion like that. So, these receivers were really kind of letting Ryan Tannehill down a little bit. The running game, Derrick Henry wasn't doing anything explosive but that's what Derrick Henry does. He just wears you down, and he had some big runs in the second half, including the overtime winner. I mean, this man, Derrick Henry, this is why you pay the man. This man got really kind of underpaid a little bit, $50 million contract extension, which is actually really good. I mean, that's great money, um, especially when you're trying to build a championship key team. You don't want to overpay the running back. So this man got paid really solidly. Titans doing the right thing, paying him really decent money, and, you know, he's showing out here improving why he's worth every penny he just he just gets better every single year folks if you look at that man's stats literally every year since college to the NFL every year he gets better and better and better and better better rushes more touchdowns I mean folks this man is an absolute beast he has two overtime winning touchdowns this season that's unheard of I think that's a record it's truly fantastic what Derrick Henry's able to do and that's why Ryan Tannehill just has so much so much success because their combo of the run opens up the pass and the pass open opens up the run. I mean, folks, they do it the best in the league. Nobody has a better run-pass combo than the, this Titans team. It's truly fantastic. All right, let's start getting into these stats now. Ryan Tannehill, 22 of 31 for 259 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw the pick. Uh, let's see what the Ravens did with that pick. The pick came early here. Um, first quarter interception, start of the second quarter, really, on Tennessee's own 38-yard line, third and four, intercepted pass, and the Ravens go down and, you know, only get a field goal out of it. This Titans defense, I mean, this is pretty good, holding the Ravens to only 24 points. We're going to look at Lamar, well, let's just look at Lamar Jackson's stats right now. I mean, he didn't throw for 200 yards again, again. We see this time and time again with Lamar Jackson. This stat line should not surprise anybody. 17 of 29 for only 186 yards. That's what he does. This play calling for the Baltimore Ravens is not good, folks. They need to extend the field vertically. Everybody knows they can go horizontal. That's the strength of this Baltimore Ravens team, but the receivers are not able to just go vertical, catch that deep ball, and it's truly unfortunate. 
Uh, so Lamar Jackson, just 186 yards passing. Let's look at where this interception came from. It, co it comes in the third quarter. Man, interceptions after halftime are absolute killers here. And uh, the Titans cash in for a field goal, making the game, you know, a little bit closer. I mean, they were down 21 to 16 or 21 to 13 prior to that interception, and they cash in a field goal, just closing, you know, inching in closer and closer on that lead, chipping it away. That's what the Titans do. They just chip, 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 run, run, run. And then the fourth quarter, they're able to take over because the defense is exhausted from just trying to tackle Derrick Henry. This man is solid. This man is like 6'3", like 250, fast as freak, folks. This man, if you've never watched this man run, I highly suggest you just look up um, Derrick Henry highlights real quick and watch him run because this man is fan. Actually, let's just watch this final overtime run. I mean, do they have it here? They have it here. This is absolutely... This is going to show you everything you need to know. You're going to be able to look at the size and the speed just on this one highlight one highlight play. Just look how much bigger he is than every defender or every other offensive player on the field right now. It's truly fantastic. Look at the size of this man. He's looking like a lineman, folks, and he runs like a he runs like Tyreek Hill. It's truly it's truly wild to watch. This man, let's watch it one more time just because it's just so great to watch. Here we go. Overtime run for a touchdown for the win. I mean, it gets no better than this. The jump cuts the back. I mean, that was a 30-yard run for the win. Going, Starting going from the left and then just cutting back into the middle of the field. Wide open for the touchdown. Man, oh man, this man... This man is bad, folks. This man should be uh, the best running back of the season. I don't think they give an award for that. Unfortunately, they should. He's unfortunately not going to win MVP because that's going to go to a quarterback, probably Patrick Mahomes. But this man deserves something, some credit because um, let's get into his um, – his stats. Let's talk Derrick Henry. 28 carries for 133 yards and a touchdown. That's what he does every game, folks. Four, like basically five yards a carry. It's just it's just great watching this man work. Watching this Titans team is just so fun to watch just because of Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. It is truly. Um, so yeah, Titans got out to a little bit of a slow start. Not able to kind of cap off um, some drives. A couple of, you know, shorter drives. The three and out. The five and out with the interception unfortunately but um <clears throat> yeah just took a little second just took until the second half for the offense to really get into rhythm the the receivers to actually catch the contested catches and how about this call well done by Mike Vrabel they do a fake punt in the fourth quarter to keep the drive alive it was just truly magnificent i think it comes on this touchdown drive does it not did it come on the uh must have came on the field goal drive before that Maybe not. Did it come later than that? I didn't think it came that late. Did it come this late? I can't even find it now. How unfortunate. But they run a fake punt play, and it works, and it works. Like, they pick up the first down. Absolutely fantastic. Right at the marker. It was kind of wild to watch. They bring in their backup quarterback. They kind of sneak him in, direct snap to him, and he throws it right at the first down marker, and he gets it to go. And they are able to kind of cap off with the score to kind of, you know, help the overtime, and then they went in at overtime. I mean, we have to start talking about this Ravens team, though, a little bit more. Um, Lamar Jackson, as I said, only 186 yards. 
yards. He rushed for 51 yards. J.K. Dobbins ran for 70 yards. So the Ravens running attack was still pretty solid, but not as good as the Titans. Their pass game was not as good as the Titans. Lamar Jackson, they have to start doing something with the receivers. I mean, folks, look at these receivers. The leading receiver for the Ravens was Mark Andrews, 96 yards. He's their tight end, right? He's a tight end, folks. Not even their actual wide receivers. Where ha where's Hollywood Brown? Willie Sneed is third with only 23 yards. Des Bryant is the second leading receiver for 28 yards. Uh, Marquise Brown had three targets and no reception. So they just have to work on getting their receivers the ball more. They have to spread the ball downfield more. That's all there is to it. If you're just dinking and dunking, everything's 10 yards inside, and you're just stretching the entire uh, horizontal of the field, people are going to sniff it out and, and shut it down. And people have found ways to win. That's why they're 6-4. and four. They're losing to all the good teams. They lost to the Patriots, the Titans, the Steelers, and I'm blanking out. Oh, the, the Chiefs, they lost their meeting. So they're they're not beating any of the good teams. We have to start selling this Raven stock a little bit more. Start buying up this Tennessee Titans stock a little bit more. Even though I think um, going into this week, I think we have them at number four. What do we got them in our power rankings? Yeah, we got Titans at five. So expect a huge move up uh, by them. <clears throat> Where do we have? Yeah, I mean. Did, oh, we already took. We took the Ravens off already. Oh, see, we're already good. We already took, we Ben took the Ravens off coming into this week. That I mean, they just showed us why we took them off last week. See, we're a week ahead of schedule of putting Baltimore Ravens out of our top 10. See, we, we know what we're talking about here. We see the future here. <clears throat> All right, so that was Titans, Ravens. Absolutely fantastic. What a great game to watch. All right, let's uh, move on. Uh, Lions and Panthers, and I mean, this one pretty much went exactly how you would expect a Lions team with no offensive weapons to work. I mean, they were working with nothing, folks. Um, let's just get into it here. Matthew Stafford, 18 of 33 for 178 yards. Yes, he's missing his key wide receivers. Um, Adrian Peterson, I mean, look at this rushing attack, folks. Oh, my goodness. This is pathetic. Adrian Peterson leading rusher for seven carries and 18 <laughs> 18 yards. Kenyon Johnson, second leading rusher for six carries for 17 yards. The rushing game could not do anything. The pass game could not do anything, and they put up zero points because of it. That should have came as no surprise. We updated y'all on Sunday that the Lions were going to be without all their starting uh, kind of weapons. DeAndre Swift, Kenny Galladay, and uh, their uh, their third, I for, I'm forgetting the name, but <clears throat> their actual you know main running back and main wide receivers are out. Matthew Stafford's a little banged up, and they put up zero points. We have to give it up to P.J. Walker, who had a decent game. I mean, there was a point starting the second half where, where he was like 10 for 10 for like 130 yards passing. That's fantastic. So he ends the game with 24 of 34, 258 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. As And I mean, as we see, the line scored no points. So those two interceptions, I mean, they were just nothing they were just nothing the the Panthers the Lions get the interception start of kind of the second quarter and they go five plays 32 yards and have to punt the second interception came in the fourth quarter and they went eight play, eight plays two yards eight plays two yards disgusting look at this seven yard sack another sack for three yards pass incomplete turnover on downs eight plays and you only went two yards yike on an interception not good so I mean, I, we have to start buying Matt Rule a little bit, folks. I, I'm buying Matt Rule. I'm buying Matt Rule's stock. His head coach is pretty good. When you lose Teddy Bridgewater, 
and you don't have Christian McCaffrey in the passing game was still pretty accurate. I mean, to have P.J. Walker come in and go 24 of 34 for 258 yards, it's pretty fantastic. One touchdown to two interceptions has to come down, but, um, you know, when you're facing this Lions team, your mistakes, you know, you can kind of make carefree mistakes because they obviously couldn't capitalize. Uh, Mike Davis, still a solid game, 19 carries for 64 yards and a touchdown. He's their running back uh, filling in for Christian McCaffrey, and he's been doing a very, very solid drive ever since he's really kind of taken over the starter role like week two. So Mike Davis is still another good game, another good coaching point for Matt Rule, getting everybody prepared. DJ Moore, I mean... Look at their receivers did not take a day off because, you know, just a switch at quarterback. So that's great news. This is real promising for Panthers fans. Truly is. Um, if I was a Panthers fan right now, I'd be so excited. I've got the quarterback of the future. I've got our coach of the future. And we've got great weapons. Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey is going to be good to go. Should be good to go next year. 100%. So big things coming in this Carolinas team. They're finding ways to win, finding ways to being competitive, even without their starting quarterback and starting starting running back running back um so the receivers here dj moore seven receptions for 127 yards curtis samuel eight receptions for 70 yards robbie anderson seven catches for 46 yards pj tucker just or pj walker just throwing to his actual wide receivers getting it done and they put up 20 points that's pretty very impressive uh and the panthers win this one easy 20 nothing lines they just could not do anything and they had no offensive pieces to do something with um, all right. So, I mean, kind of a, you know, a game that you probably wouldn't watch. I mean, you probably are not sitting down to watch Panthers and Lions in this score, you know, kind of supports that. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's move on to Eagles and Browns here. In this one, you know, we called all day. We love the Browns here. This Eagles team is not good. And let's just start with Carson Wentz so we can clown this man and get it out of the way. 21 of 35 for 235 yards, classic Carson Wentz. Two touchdowns, classic Carson Wentz. Two two interceptions, classic Carson Wentz. This was a classic Carson Wentz game. Oh, and they also fumble um, at the one-yard line and lose it uh, to Cleveland who then go down and also fumble on the, or not fumble, but don't get it. They go for it on fourth and one and in, in short. So they had a, a one-yard fumble for the Eagles and a one-yard don't pick up for the Browns. Uh, but the Browns overcome that. Um, let's talk about these interceptions and what they did with it. The first one was a pick six. Car classic Carson Wentz pick six. That was the first one. The second interception uh, comes in the fourth quarter classic when they were down 22 to 10 they throw another interception so they can't even claw their way back into the game there's three minutes left they throw the interception unfortunately the Browns I mean they they can't do anything with it they're just trying to eat up the clock and eat up the clock they did waste those timeouts they bring it with only a minute 46 seconds left the Eagles I mean they've got nothing to play for the Browns are just backing off defensively they're just trying to get out of here with a win they're up two possessions with a a minute and 39 seconds left and they let Carson Wentz go down and drive but we've got no problem with that because the game's already over we really have to count the final score as 22 10 that's basically the final score don't count this garbage time touchdown take that touchdown out of the stats for Carson Wentz so he's really only got one touchdown and two interceptions more of a classic Carson Wentz game <clears throat> um, and then he also took a safety not good. No to get rid of the ball, but to hold on to it for that long and then takes takes the safety. Just 
unfortunate. This man, he's not even, let's see what he's doing here. Let's see who's his main receivers. Dallas Goddard here, five receptions for 77 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Rager, second leading receiver for four, uh, four receptions and 52 yards. So just spreading the ball around a little bit. Uh, the running game was decent. They had Miles Sanders, 16 carries for 66 yards, five carries for Boston Scott for only 24 yards. They did not get that explosive running touchdowns that the Eagles need to be good. I mean, we I think all their wins, it's because of a big run that really kind of, you know, jump-started the offense. So they couldn't get it this week, and that's why they struggled to really put up any meaningful points in this game. I mean, they didn't even score until the second half, and then they put up 10 points in the fourth quarter, seven of those coming with only a minute left in the game. Not good. All right, let's start talking about the Browns now. Baker Mayfield, 12 of 22, 204 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. I mean, this Browns team is running like the new Vikings team after the bye. Let's, oh, we've got good running attack? Let's do that and not have our not, not have our quarterback just air it out 30 times because we know that doesn't translate to wins. Our quarterbacks cannot win the game. So Kevin Stefanski is just like, hey, let's just run the ball, run the ball, Baker Mayfield, get into a nice little rhythm. Let's start dinking and dunking. Then the run's going to open up the deep shot, and then we take the deep shot maybe third quarter, fourth quarter uh, when we need to. So Nick Chubb, I mean, an absolute monster game, 20 carries for 114 yards. Uh, Kareem Hunt did not have a great game, 12 carries for 11 yards, barely a yard a carry. He did have a rushing touchdown, though, so we give it give him a little bit of credit there. Uh, Baker Mayfield threw new touch, no touchdowns. Um, I mean, here here's his receivers here. Uh, Kaderil Hodge, three receptions for 73 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, Rashad Higgins, three carries, 65 yards. Jarvis Landry was the fourth leading receiver, two receptions for only 23 yards. So they were just not throwing the ball, folks. He only had 12 completions. This was a run-heavy game. It did rain a lot in this game, not as heavy as it did against uh, uh, the te uh, Texans. Uh, who they yeah the Texans last week but still very you know still decent amount of rain and Kevin Stefanski when it's raining he's like hey this is the perfect time we're just gonna run 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 and now I have an excuse just to run 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 so I don't have to be like yeah I don't trust Baker Mayfield oh we're ra it's raining Baker you can't throw it's raining unfortunate you know wet ball we don't want to throw the wet ball so we'll just run it a bunch of times and they did it and they get another win they win by five and this Eagles team loses again I mean just so many turnovers and they don't get turnovers and then they don't cash in on those few turnovers that they do get and they're throwing pick sixes and fumbling at the one yard line and taking the safety so it's just all around not a good team this is not a good team unfortunate for the Eagles yes you know you can make all the excuses you want but you know we're kind of getting old we're, we're getting sick and tired of it I mean all the excuses last year oh my god all their receivers were injured and yeah we we made we still made the playoffs but I mean poor us poor us all of our receivers are gone and now this season oh my goodness all you know Carson Wentz is bad and once again we have no receivers and blah 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 we're getting real tired of the excuses here for Philadelphia we're not buying them anymore we're a hundred percent off of Carson Wentz we've been we've been off Carson Wentz really kind of week three-ish uh but yeah Eagles trash Carson Wentz trash. Browns are rising up. I, I like what Kevin Stefanski is doing. He's a smart head coach, calling great game plans, you know, taking the elements into consideration, taking Baker Mayfield into, into consideration. We've got two great runners, and we're going to play to our strengths. So, absolutely love what they're doing here. Oh, and Miles Garrett was not applying the pressure to Carson Wentz, and he still threw two interceptions and fumbled or and took the safety without Miles Garrett. But this Browns defense is not good, right? Some people, not great.
So that's Browns Eagles. Um, Carson Wentz can't be trusted. Once again, I mean, this is nothing new. We learned nothing new from this game. This just solidified what our beliefs are and kind of vindicates us of what we've been talking about. The Eagles are not good, and the Browns are actually pretty decent. I mean, folks, yes, they, they're the Cleveland Browns. They have a history of losing. It's fun to clown them. Yes, yes, yes. But this year, you know, new head coach, new, 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 uh, you know, new new head coach. That's you know, new culture in Cleveland, and it's rebuilding here. And they're they're doing pretty good, seven and three. And they, I think they have the wild card spot now. I think they, I think they're they've got the wild card spot now that the uh, Dolphins have lost. So well done to the Browns. Well deserved, truly. Winning great games. Let's see if they can keep it up and start facing, you know, the tougher tier teams where Baker Mayfield is going to have to open it up a little bit more. We'll see how he's going to be able to handle that. Probably not too great, but we'll give the kid a chance. Alrighty, so let's move on to Texans and Patriots. And this Texans team put up 27 points. Very well done. We'll start there. Deshaun Watson, 28 of 37 for 344 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. We know this Houston offense is good. We know Deshaun Watson is good. The record's not good. They were 2-7 and seven coming into this game, but they get the win. The offense is looking good. Brandon Cooks, four receptions, 85 yards. Jordan a Atkins, five receptions, 83 yards. Will Fuller, six receptions, 80 yards, folks. And then we got Darren Fowles, two receptions for 29 yards. So that's where we started to get the difference. But... Three of their top, three of their their leading three receivers, all 80 plus yards, all wide receivers. That's what we like about this Texans team. Their offensive passing game is very good, and they did it against a Bill Belichick defense. So very well done to this Texans team. Uh, let's go to Cam Newton now. 26 of 40 for 365 yards. This man was airing it out. One touchdown, no picks. Uh, let's see who he was throwing to. We got uh, Demir Bird here. Um, six receptions for 132 yards. James White, six receptions for 64 yards. So this man was just airing it out. Cam Newton, very well done. Probably his best game offensively of the season, but just could not get it done in the fourth quarter. They had a chance to go down and win the game. Unfortunate, it does. It just comes up short. <clears throat> they had nine seconds here. Let's watch this pass here. This goes for 50 yards. Kind of a last-second Hail Mary. Cam Newton just going to let this one fly, and it's just it's just short. I mean, it's hard to throw. He tried to throw it. Let's see how, how, how far he threw it. This is his max. This is him just airing it all out. He's going to throw it from about the 34. Mark at 35 for easy math, and it goes all the way down to the 10-yard line. So just couldn't get it all the way to the end zone, unfortunate. What is that, uh, 40, 55 yards? Is that what we're talking about here, 55 yards? Kind of Cam Newton's max, not great. Um, but even before that, they had a chance to go down and win the game. Besides that, Tail Mary, they had four minutes. They're down seven. They get down into Houston's 24-yard line, but fourth and four, Cam Newton just can't be clutch. We've seen this time and time again. We saw it at the goal line against Seattle. We saw it against uh, the Bills where, you know, he fumbles it right in the red zone going to tie or win the game with a touchdown. So Cam Newton's not clutch. 
unfortunate, just kind of reaffirming our beliefs of Cam Newton, of him not being clutch. We saw what he did in the Super Bowl and never able to, you know, win the big game and the fumble in the Super Bowl, not good. And then we get this game here in this season, just kind of three chances of him having the ball to go win the game or tie the game. And he just beefs all of his opportunities. So Cam Newton just not learning the Patriot way. The Patriot way is learning to win. He's not learning that. Unfortunate. So Cam Newton's probably not going to be a Patriot next year, and I really don't see him getting picked up anywhere. I know. I mean, is this going to help a team not being clutch? I mean, not having good performances. This. I think this was his first passing touchdown in what a couple of weeks. Not great. And it only. It, it, it was only one. One passing touchdown. So. Decent, decent stat line. I mean, if you look 26 of 40 for 365 yards and a touchdown, you may th- say that's a decent stat line. They may, they, they may have won the game. The completion percentage was nothing great, but those yards were, oh my, 365. Jeez, it's one for every day of the week, folks. It's pretty good. Um, the running game for the Patriots, I mean, they, they threw for 365 yards, so I wouldn't expect any big rushers, and they didn't have any big rushers. Damian Harris, their leading rusher, 11 carries for 43 yards, um, so that was that. Let's look at the Texans running game. They also didn't have anything big. I mean, Deshaun Watson was the leading rusher for 36 yards. Their second leading rusher was Duke Johnson for 10 carries for 15 yards. They just could not get anything. They didn't have their main rusher, um, David Johnson. And the Patriots were like, hey, we'll shut down the run. But they could not shut down that Deshaun Watson pass because he doesn't turn the ball over. And the man throws for a ton of yards, 344 yards, folks. Gets it done. So the Texans at home finally able to open up the offense because of the monsoon last week. They couldn't. They open it up at home, and they won the game because of it. Very well done. This Texans team is better than the record indicates. This is probably going to be a good team moving forward. They just need to kind of shore up their defense a little bit. And Deshaun Watson, we know what this man can do. We've seen it. So they, they get a new head coach next season. I think this, this Texans team is going to be really good. So we're just going to kind of keep an eye on this offense going forward as we've been doing. If only Atlanta's offense per- performed like this Texans offense this week, we would have had a great week in our picks. But uh, unfortunately... Um, the other offense that we like, Atlanta's offense, could not get it done. But we still we still like this Texans offense. This is a very still solid offense, folks. All right. <clears throat> so Texans get the win 27-20, beat the Patriots, beat, beat, beat uh, Bill Belichick, and outperform Cam Newton. Very well done. All righty, and then we get this game. We get this game, Packers and Colts and Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. I think they get bored sometimes. That's all I, I, that's all I can think of. They get big leads. They're always good in the first and second quarters, but then something goes wrong, maybe an interception, a fumble, or just the defense gives up another touchdown. So now, you know, Aaron Rodgers goes out and scores 14. The other team just put up 10 points, and now Aaron Rodgers are like, man, this game's over. You know, uh, they just put up 10 points. I don't even feel like going out and winning the game. Defense, y'all couldn't make it easy on me. Uh, now I have to go out and score another touchdown. Man, I'm so over this. I feel like that's just how it is. Like, they just get bored and complacent with their offense. That I mean, this offense, the, the schemes, the offensive schemes, you've got geniuses everywhere. You've got Aaron Rodgers at the helm. And I'm blanking on the head coach's name. New coach, new head coach, second year. Matt LaFleur, absolutely fantastic. I think he's a great play caller. I think he, he can scheme great and he knows what Aaron Rodgers' strengths are. But I just think something happens when they 
they start getting points, they're just like, let's start slinging it around and start being wild and start trying this and that and this and that. Go for it on fourth down at our own 38-yard line. Yeah, we're bored. We don't care. We don't care about our defense. We don't care if we put them in a bad spot. So... That's how I feel this kind of offense plays and it kind of it kind of I mean it seems right they were up big they were up they were up 21-7 at one point. They were up 28-14 going into half, and then they just could not do anything at the after halftime. Three and out, three and out. Their opening two possessions coming out of halftime are three and outs while the Colts are putting up field goal, touchdown, field goal. You're letting them get back in the game. They tie it up at 28 going into the fourth quarter. The the Green Bay, they fumble. Colts cash in, then they go for it on fourth down, and it's incomplete. I mean, they had a chance to go for it, to take the game-tying field goal. They were at Indianapolis's 34-yard line. That's like a 50-yard field goal. That's nothing unmakeable. That's nothing unmakeable. So, I mean, they go for it on fourth and one. They pass it on fourth and one kind of uh, play action. They should have just ran it up the middle. Once again, just, you know, relying too much on Aaron Rodgers. You have a good running game. Aaron Jones is a good running back. Trust that man. But they don't trust him all the time. They'd rather just trust Aaron Rodgers. Um, he threw it 38 times. Aaron Jones only ran it 10 so that's what I'm saying. You know, the offense gets a little just bored and complacent. And then we just have, you know, Aaron Rodgers slinging it for the second half of games. And it doesn't work because they get bored. They go for it on fourth down instead of just tying the game. And I don't knock the call. It is an aggressive call. But I'd like to see him just, you know, let's just pick up the first down. And I get where they were trying to get trying to, get to you know, when they went for the fourth down. Let's see if we can, um, we'll queue it up. We will queue up this play. Let's queue up this play. Uh, 311 left in the game because it, it's not a bad call I, I I would have just preferred a run you know right up the middle with Aaron Jones uh, they kind of play action get um get a running back kind of out in space on a linebacker Green Bay are yeah um, it's really not open and Aaron Rodgers kind of just has to float float it to him kind of out in the flats and it's just overthrown just a little bit So here we go, 311. This is the play I'm talking about. They're at the 34. They're down three with three minutes left. Take the game-tying field goal. Just try to play good defense, maybe get the ball back. They did eventually get the ball back and, once again, had a chance to win it. And they go down and score a field goal when they almost had a chance to throw a touchdown. But there was just so much wonkiness in the final three minutes of this game, truly. So here it is. They just kind of floated out there, incomplete. Aaron Rodgers... The play action's not bad, but look at this. They could have ran that easily. The box is not stacked. Aaron Jones can pick that one yard up, but they try to throw it, and it's just incomplete. So, not the best. Not the best play call. Um, all right. <clears throat> and then, you know, we could talk forever about the ending of this game because the Colts look like they wanted to throw this game away because their clock management, when they when the Packers only had two timeouts after the two-minute warning and you're not running the ball constantly and they were getting so many penalties. It was just real wonky, folks. We may break this down on Wednesday a little bit because it is true. That, like, it was so exciting to watch, obviously, the last three minutes because it was like any literally anything could happen. You had no idea what was going to happen next in this game. And it was very fun to watch but 
So we may look at this on Wednesday. Uh, but then, you know, Aaron Rodgers has a chance. He's got a minute, 25 seconds left with the ball. He throws 40 yards, gets it to midfield. They're driving, stalls a little bit in the red zone. And they have, then they finally settle for the field goal when they're on, the, like, the seven-yard line with, like, under 10 seconds left. If they wanted to be aggressive, that was the time to do it. Uh, they So they get conservative. They tie the game. And then they just fumble it. I mean, they get the ball first to start overtime, and they just fumble it. Wide receiver screen. The wide receivers fumbles. I believe it's a uh, scatling. Um, so the Colts end up winning and we are going to have to look at this team, this Colts team a little bit better than we have been looking at them just because, you know, we, we, my feeling is my belief is that I know Phillip rivers. We see it. We've seen it kind of twice this season, you know, earlier in the season, uh, you know, Phillip rivers just kind of being a lazy passer in some sort, in some instances, not stepping up to the plate, but you know, he just kind of squeaks out a win against the Packers here. So this defense is decent for the Colts. It is a pretty decent defense. They were forcing some turnovers. That fourth and one stop that we just showed was absolutely fantastic by the defense. Great coverage. They covered all the options. They kind of actually knew what the play was actually going to be. Um, they were really just bending and not breaking the entire game, and that's the defense I do like. I like bend but not break. Um, that's what the Colts did last week. So we may recognize this Colts team. I think we are going to put them in the top 10 this week. We have to give them a little bit of dues, and uh, you know we have to start waiting for Phillip Rivers to prove us right. Uh, that you know he is a not good passer, um, but you know up until the, until he shows us that we have to give this team some credit. Um, he did throw one interception; it wasn't entirely his fault. So let's read uh, Phillips River stats here: twenty-four of thirty-six for two hundred eighty-eight yards, three touchdowns in the pick. Uh, the pick was not his fault; it was tipped. Um, so where was this interception? It does lead for a Green Bay touchdown. They do up go, they do go up 21-7. But this Colts team, they just stick with it. And when we look at their overall drives, let's just count their overall drives and how many times they scored on these drives. So their first drive resulted in a fumble, not great. Uh, their second drive was a touchdown. Third drive was a punt. Fourth drive was a missed field goal, so a po a chance to get points. And this was not a missable field goal. It was 50 yards right on the dot. That should be automatic. It hit the crossbar, actually. So literally just like a yard short. So unfortunate there. Um, and then the interception. But then look at this. Touchdown. Uh, we're not going to count the end of half because that was one play for like one second. Um, field goal. Touchdown. Field goal. Field goal. Punt. End of half. And then field goal in overtime. So they were scoring on the majority of their drives. If it wasn't for turnovers, the fumble, the interception, the missed field goal. I mean, they may have been scoring on every single one of their drives in this game. And that's kind of something that we've been noticing of this Colts team going, you know, maybe a week or two weeks, you know, down the, or, uh, you, know, uh, you know, in the past weeks, the past two, one or two weeks, they've been scoring on, you know, the majority, like high majority, like 60, maybe even 70% of their drives. So at least least coming away with some points so gonna have to give this Colts team a little bit of credit um let's look at uh their running game because they do have a pretty good running back as well Jonathan Taylor 22 carries for 90 yards um where's this Heinz kid at because he's pretty good too what was his stats uh Nehem uh I know I'm saying it's, it's like Nehem Heinz Absolutely fantastic. He only had, he only rushed uh, six times for two carries, but he did have a decent passing attack as well. Um, I think he had a touchdown as well. Yeah. Or, no, he did have a touchdown. Only three receptions for 31 yards. Usually he's pretty good, you know, catching the ball out of the backfield. Did not get a touchdown this game. I thought he did. 
may have gotten called back. It may have, yeah, I think it did get called back on a holding call, unfortunate. Um, but yeah, it's still a decent running game when your leading rusher goes for 22 carries for 90 yards, and then your quarterback throws for 288 yards and only one interception that wasn't his fault. It did get tipped. Um, so just an overall good performance here by the Colts. We're able to kind of overcome some adversity, and that's something I like, and that's something that we've seen from this Colts team. When we saw them, you know, last week on Thursday Night Football against the Titans, you know, they overcame some early adversity. They had those early turnovers. And then they just kept staying with it, and they, they finally got their break in the second half with the, the shorter fields and took advantage. They take advantage here. So we have to be cautious with this Colts team. I am going to be cautious because I do have Phillip Rivers concerns, and I do have, you know, kind of starting kind of um, – kind of starting very slow concerns of this Colts team as well but we have to give them respect seven and three they just beat the Packers and we have to we have to give it up to them um yeah I don't know what it is about this Packers team man they just get lazy on offense they get bored they get complacent I don't know so Colts win it in overtime because of the fumble by the Packers. They just had so many. I mean, we, we are going to look at this game on Wednesday because they just had so many chances to win the game, and they blew them all. They blew them all. That's why I'm I'm hesitant to put the Colts in the top 10 because the Packers really just blew it multiple times, time again in this game. And then they, you know, this Colts team against the Titans last week, they, they didn't win the game. It was the special teams of the Titans. So, yes, I like their record. Yes, they've been putting up points. Yes, they've had the wins the last two weeks. I don't know what we're going to do with this Colts team, folks. I really don't. Uh, it's tough, man. When they keep winning these games, it makes it it makes it tough because I know old vintage Philip Rivers turnover machine, not reliable, lazy, uninterested in some game drives. He's going to show at one point, and we're going to be vindicated. I don't know what we're going to do with this Colts team. We may have some openings in the top 10 that we can maybe put them at 10 and keep an eye on them. But we'll see what we do tomorrow. Alrighty, then we get Steelers and Jags. And this game, I mean, Jake Luton could not do anything. The Steelers defense, very well done. Ben, but don't break the entire time. They got some great, um, you know, uh, Jags would go kind of, you know, kind of on, you know, the Steelers dirty or in the red zone in the defense would make a play and get a turnover uh, so let's start here with the Jags Jake Luton 16 of 37 <laughs> 16 of 37 for 151 yards no touchdowns four interceptions folks four interceptions this defense was just too <laughs> this defense was just making it a nightmare for Jake Luton not a good game for Jake Luton but he hasn't had a good game yet so this was not surprising to us we knew the Steelers were going to pretty much shut him down and they did um, let's count. Let's see what they did with these interceptions. The first one coming in the second quarter, the uh, the Steelers cash in for a touchdown. Then they throw they throw back to back picks. Not good. Uh, unfortunately, the Steelers throw one themselves, but it was kind of right at the end of the at the end of the first half. They were on Jacksonville's twenty four, so they should they could have gotten some points. So um, you know, at least a field goal going into halftime. But Big Ben said we wanted it all. Threw it, I think, to the end zone. And. Uh, yeah, threw it deep in the middle, trying to go to the end zone and get picked off. Unfortunate. They're up 17 to three at this point. Big Ben was like, "Yeah, I mean, if I throw a pick here, it doesn't really matter. The three, the three is gonna help. The three points here before halftime, that's gonna be the maker, the the difference maker of this game. I don't think so. We're gonna just go for it. Unfortunately, it was a pick." All right, the oh my god again back to back interceptions. The next two come in the fourth quarter. Uh, the first one Steelers uh, cash in for a touchdown, very well done. And then the second time they do have to punt, but I mean, I mean we're talking about four minutes left in the game. They're just trying to get out of here. It's already twenty seven three at this point. 
game is over and they're just trying to run out the game. So they score on, you know, two touchdowns out of those two or four interceptions, uh, looking to try and add another touchdown on the uh, other interception. Unfortunately, could not. Um, so, yeah, I mean, James Robinson for the Jags, 17 carries for 73 yards. It was decent running attack, but Steelers were just shutting down the pass all day. Let's talk about Big Ben now. 32 of 46 for 267 yards. Kind of a dink and dunk game. No worries. He had a nice 30-yard pass to, uh, I think, uh, who was it to? Who was it to? We can look that up. Is this it? Yeah, Chase Claypool doing what Chase Claypool does. So I think that may have been the longest pass of the game, 31 yards for Big Ben there. Um, so, yeah, Big Ben, 22, 32 of 46, 267 yards, two touchdowns, and we we saw the pick that he threw. Uh, James Conner, 13 carries for 89 yards. So the running attack was good. The passing game was good. Deontay Johnson, leading receiver with 111 yards. Chase Claypool, a touchdown, 59 yards. Eric Ebron, 36 yards, touchdown. So, I mean, the Steelers team, very good win. Offense, four straight, four interceptions. Big Ben, two touchdowns. Doing what they're supposed to do against the bad teams. That's what we love to see. And the Steelers team is 10-0, folks. 10-0 for Big Ben and the Steelers. They're, they're going to win the Super Bowl, folks. If they can get past Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, this team's going to be good to go. Uh, they do face uh, the Ravens on Thursday Night Football, that or on um, Thanksgiving Football. That's going to be so fantastic to watch, folks. That's going to be... Oh, my God, I cannot wait for that game. Steelers-Ravens matchup number two in Pittsburgh. Oh, boy. So Steelers getting ready. Um, well done, well done. Not overlooking this Jacksonville team. You know, thinking about the Ravens. I mean, folks, if you're playing on Thanksgiving night against a division opponent who you've already beat once, you know, uh, going on the road against Jacksonville is probably not your main concern. But they handle business like true champions here. Big Ben knows what it takes. Mike Tomlin knows what it takes to win titles, and they had him locked in for this game. So this is huge. This is actually a bigger game than maybe you probably think or you know put too much you know kind of stock in but this is a huge game of them not overlooking it Jags only put up three points three points holding a team to three points nonetheless is absolutely fantastic so this is a huge huge real real great win for the Steelers even though it's against Jacksonville and they're not a good team but they didn't overlook them and they got uh, uh, Lamar Jackson for Thursday night for Thanksgiving that's what they're having some some Lamar Jackson <laughs> Alrighty, so here we go. Let's move on. Saints and Falcons, and this Falcons offense disappointed me maybe for the first time this season. Maybe, well, not the first time. They disappointed me a couple times this season, but just offensively, only nine points. Not good. And their first drive went into the red zone. They got deep on their first drive. Look at this. Look at this Falcons first drive. They get down to the Saints 10-yard line. And Matt Ryan can't catch it in, almost through an interception as well. So that's something that we know. Matt Ryan in the red zone's not always good. They have to settle for field goals here, three of them. And, you know, that's what the offense did. Just not able to move the ball. Matt Ryan, 19 of 37, not good. That's actually awful. 232 yards, no touchdowns, and two picks. And two picks. Let's see what the Saints did with those picks. The first one coming right at the end of half. They're trying to drive down and try and get another field goal or a touchdown but on the Saints 47 yard line Matt Ryan throws an inter an interception and that closes out the half so the Saints can't do anything with that. And then the second interception comes in the fourth quarter when they're already down 24-9 with only how much time left in the game. Five minutes left in the game. Game's pretty much over. They're trying to drive. It's not going well. Saints pick them off and basically run out the clock for the rest of the game. 
So Falcons had a, a an awful day here offensively. Todd Gurley only eight carries for 26 yards, nothing big there. Calvin Ridley had himself a game, which he usually does. Five carry or five receptions for 90 yards. Then we had Russell Gage seven receptions for 58 yards. Julio Jones third leading receiver for two receptions for only 39 yards. He was a little banged up in this game. Came in um, in some big moments, caught a big ball, um, but it was just you know they couldn't capitalize for touchdown. So unfortunate. Falcons coming off of a bye, truly, truly unimpressive here. And, you know, this is this is a huge knock on the interim head coach to not have your team ready to off of a bye in a division game against Taysom Hill. They weren't even, they didn't even have Drew Brees and you let Taysom Hill beat you and really out-compete you. Taysom Hill was looking real freaking good, folks. Real nice. Now I know why Sean Payton chose Taysom Hill over Jameis Winston because this man was balling. Not just running the ball, passing the ball to these throws. We're definitely going to look at Taysom Hill on Wednesday in our film study, but this man was slinging it all around the field didn't even throw it a lot let's start talking about him now I mean folks 18 of 23 for 233 yards no touchdowns no passing touchdowns I think he ran for two he did run for two no interceptions just kind of game manager with the arm and game killer with the legs folks truly that's what we got from Taysom Hill I mean this man was looking real I, I can't wait to really break down his film because he was looking real good just airing it out 18 completions for 233 yards that's not, that's more than 10 yards of completion that's not dink and dunk folks and let's look at who he was throwing to. Let's look at who he was throwing to because it gets even better, folks. If you thought 18 of 23 for 233 yards was good, now let's listen to who he was actually throwing to. Leading receiver, Michael Thomas. Wide receiver, baby. No tight ends. No dick and dunk to your, um, you know, Alvin Kamara or any of your other running backs. Michael Thomas, leading receiver. 12 targets. 12 targets. The second leading receiver had five targets. Very well done, Taysom Hill. Going to your main threat. Oh, I'm a backup quarterback. Who's my main weapons? I've got Alvin Kamara um, for running back. And if things get too hot, I can dump it off to him in the backfield. I've got Michael Thomas, the deep threat receiver, the crossing king. I got Emmanuel Sanders, another tall receiver who can go out and get it. Those are my weapons. All right, I'm about to utilize them all. So Michael Thomas, leading receiver, 104 yards. Second leading receiver, look at look at this. Five targets, four receptions for Emmanuel Sanders, their second receiver, their number two receiver for 66 yards. And then your third, their third leading receiver is Latavius Murray, two receptions for 36 yards. So very well done going to his main weapons i love to see it so these were not just dink and dunk he was going to his actual receivers he was also the leading rusher uh alvin Kamara really didn't do anything too big this game and they still won it so that's a, another huge plus for the saints team with Taysom hill i think they're going to continue with Taysom hill for the rest of you know until drew Brees gets back which i think they are going to sit him until pretty much playoff game number one especially with Taysom hill is done they're eight and two Taysom hill can definitely keep this up i think he can only get better, truly. So Taysom Hill, 10 carries for 51 yards, two touchdowns, rushing as well. So he was just doing it all, killing the Atlanta defense. They had no answer for him. You know, when they think it was he was going to run it, he passed it. When they thought he would pass it, he'd run it and make him pay with the two touchdowns. So this man did an absolutely fantastic job. I mean, folks. 
Uh, I cannot wait to start breaking him down. Um, let's count these three and outs by Atlanta because they had a lot of three and outs. Their offense really just could not do anything. Actually, we're just going to tell you all their drives. Let's just go through all their drives. Uh, their first drive, as I said, seven plays got down, you know, until the 10 yard line, but couldn't the drive stalled. So these are all, you know, plays that they practice and rehearse. So, you know, very good that they were able to do this, but their their other offense was not good. So seven plays results in a field goal. First drive, second drive, three and out, not good. Third drive, ten yard or ten plays, thirty-seven yards, got into field goal range, um, but it was still a fifty-one yard field goal, so not too deep into you know Saints territory, about the thirty-five yard line. Um, fourth drive, three and out. Third or fifth drive, eight plays, 36 yards. Once again, settling for a 52 yard field goal. So, once again, not too deep into Saints territory, about the 35, 36, 7 yard line. Um, and that's the last of their points because they only had nine points. So, all their points are coming in the first half. Once again, a not a good sign of good offense. Um, and then their last drive, or their sixth drive, right before halftime, the seven-play interception drive that they were trying to drive on, just unfortunately could not go anywhere. All right, now the second-half drive starts in three and out there, three and out there, two straight three and outs, three straight three and outs, three and out there. Um, they picked up minus nine yards on one of the three and outs, three yards on the second three and out, and two yards on the third three and out. And then they their fourth drive in the second half was a 10-play interception drive. As we said, that was their kind of last-ditch effort, and their last drive is the end of the fourth quarter, five yards or five plays, 52 yards in a minute, but it goes nowhere, game over. They don't put up any points. So not a lot of, you know, they had one, two, three, four, four real drives in the second half, and three of them were three and outs, and the last one was an interception. So... Horrible offense of an offense that I usually kind of celebrate here on Takes by Fans. I'm a big, I'm a big um, cheerleader of this Atlanta offense, but they really just let us down last week. Truly unfortunate. But well done, Taysom Hill. That's that's the main story. The Saints are good to go without Drew Brees. Jameis Winston should not be starting because of what Taysom Hill did. This man was ready to go. Good in the red zone. Good in the you know regular field, throwing it you know throwing it to his actual receivers. Jameis Winston was just dinking and dunking to Alvin Kamara. And now they had a they have a true competent um, wide or quarterback at play for the Saints. I don't think Jameis Winston could have done better than Taysom Hill this game. I truly do not believe that. I do not believe uh, Jameis Winston would have thrown for more than 233 yards actually going to his wide receivers. I don't think he would have not turned the ball over, and I don't even think he would have ran for two touchdowns or even 51 yards. So I think in every single aspect, Taysom Hill would have outplayed Jameis Winston had Jameis Winston played this game. So big things coming from the Saints. Cannot wait to break down Taysom Hill on Wednesday. Alrighty, Bengals, Washington, folks, and I don't even care about this game. We don't. The big news, Joe Burrow tears his ACL, done for the season. Big, big, big hit. Um, and it's truly unfortunate, but that's what the bank. I don't want to say that's what the Bengals get, but we know, I mean, the, this Bengals team has been like working Joe Burrow to the bone, throwing at 40 plus times a game. We see him throw it 34 times here and he got injured. Let me see when he got injured. Maybe mid third quarter. Is that right? Mid third quarter. Let's see. He's still in here. No. Yeah. So he goes down. He goes down mid-third quarter. No, not even mid-third quarter. 
Start of third quarter. 11 minutes left in the fourth in the third quarter. That's when Joe Burrow goes down, and he already threw 34 passes up to that point. So the Bengals, they were using this man. They wanted to know what they were getting from Joe Burrow. Let him have, you know, a regular season. Just go out there and air it out, kid. We're not doing anything this season anyway. We have a new head coach. We have a rookie, um, you know, quarterback. We've been, you know, kind of in this kind of 8-8 eight and eight limbo for the last 15 years with Andy Dalton and I'm forgetting the head coach's name who they have but he was never or Marvin 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 Jones is that right that doesn't sound right <laughs> Marvin something maybe um but um Hugh Hugh Jackson I don't know something like that you know who the head coach for the Bengals was with Andy Dalton that entire time they were not good so they were just kind of in a major rebuild letting Joe Burrow just play football air it out turn it over win us games if you can throw touchdowns if you can have a good completion percentage if you can just go out there and do it and they were doing it for 11 straight weeks and it finally caught up to him unfortunately and he tears his ACL on a on a big hit he just got big hit his leg really collapsed or just kind of bent sideways on him and that's an ACL tear unfortunate so Joe Burrow gets injured and then we had Ryan Finley um, sub in and he went three of 10 for 30 yards and an interception he also ran once for 19 yards so is that good no we're not going to see any Ryan Finley next season um, uh, they probably don't win any games with Ryan Finley I mean they were barely winning games or they really weren't even winning games with Joe Burrow you're not going to win games with Ryan Finley a worse quarterback and your weapons are still the same yeah, that's not going to happen. So, Bengals, they're going to lose out, unfortunately. So, that's maybe one thing we can take advantage of in betting, maybe. Um, but Joe Burrow, out, unfortunate. Um, Alex Smith gets his first win, but once again, it wasn't pretty. This man hasn't looked really good um, since he's come back into the league from his injury, which, you know, we don't want to knock him because it is a good, you know, comeback story. But he probably shouldn't be starting. <laughs> he probably shouldn't be starting, and he probably won't be starting next season. So Alex Smith goes 17 of 25, only 166 yards, a touchdown, a pick. Um, let's see when the pick came. Uh, pick came right at the end of the first half. And the Bengals tried a field goal off of it and could not get it. So a little bit of a, of a bailout there with the interception. And the one uh, touchdown came in the second half to retake the lead. So well done to Alex Smith. Um, all right, let's see. Um Terry McLaurin, once again, leading receiver for Washington, and he's really their best weapon, their uh, their standout wide receiver, Terry McLaurin here. Four re five receptions for 84 yards. No touchdowns, but just, you know, Washington being Washington, nothing great. They beat the Bengals without Joe Burrow for, you know, half the game. Antonio Gibson had a good running day for Washington, so well done there. 16 carries for 94 yards. Very well done. Um, yeah, Bengals just couldn't really do anything, really. Just couldn't really do anything, and Joe Burrow goes down. So, um, you know, moving forward, I mean, going into this game, this wasn't a big game anyway. Bengals-Washington, they both really aren't going to make the playoffs. Washington is really the worst team in the NFC East, if that is possible to do. Uh, they are the worst ones there. Um, so they're not going to really do anything. Alex Smith is not going to win more games. I doubt he wins another game. I mean, he just isn't playing well. He turns the ball over a lot. His completion percentage is really not that great. And he doesn't air the ball out because they don't have any, you know, real deep threat wide receivers. So it's unfortunate, but that's what we got. Joe Burrow's injured and Washington gets the win. Congrats. Uh, congrats. All right, let's move on. Oh, we opened this game twice. We're not going to talk about it twice. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Did I open this game three times? I opened this game three times. What the heck is that? 
Um, let me make sure we're still on the right track and we're not missing any games here. Um, yeah, we're good. All right. I just opened it three times for some reason. All right. Uh, barely even wanted to talk about it once, let alone three times. Alrighty, here we go. Cowboys and Vikings in our best bet of the week, folks. Cowboys were getting seven points in this game. Could you believe it? I could not have. And they go out and win the game outright. I mean, folks, Andy Dalton, he had a decent stat line here. 22 of 32 for 203 yards. Three touchdowns for the man. They weren't all pretty. Um, and he wasn't very, you know, very pretty throughout the entire game. But he gets out there and gets the win. Three touchdowns and the one pick. Let's see where the one interception came. First quarter it came and uh, the Vikings have to punt off of it so very well done by the the Cowboys defense standing up there very well done and look at this Ezekiel Elliott what have we wanted from Ezekiel Elliott since Dak went down we wanted this man to step up and be the true leader I mean they paid him first they paid Zeke before Dak so Zeke really needed to step up big he hasn't been doing it up until this game 21 carries for 103 yards I can definitely get behind that no rushing touchdowns but he did have a receiving touchdown uh, um, little screen off of him for very well done. But, um, yeah, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, two receptions for 11 yards and the touchdown. Very well done. So Zeke had a great game. Andy Dalton had a very good game. Three touchdowns, something that he hasn't done the, thus far, um, you know, before getting COVID and the concussion. So Andy Dalton came out, very good game. Mike McCarthy called a pretty good game. They put up 31 points. The defense was doing very well. They created some turnovers. You know, the Vikings did put up 28 points, but the bend but don't break. That's what we love here. So the Cowboys had a great game coming off of the bye, um, kind of reestablished themselves as the best team in the NFC East uh, coming into this week. I would have put Giants at number one, Dallas at probably number two, Eagles at three, Washington at four. Coming out of this game, I think Cowboys won, Giants two, still Eagles three, Washington four. But I think the Cowboys have really kind of overtaken, taken that next step. They process, they went into the bye, processed their record, said, "Hey, we're still up. You know, we're still kind of you know up in the division that we can still go out and win it. It's a new season from here on out. Don't get bogged down by a record. Let's go one and zero this week, one and zero next week, one one and zero the week after that. Let's win this division and then go from there." Um, you know, what have you done for us lately? We don't care what you've done the first couple of games. And, you know, the Cowboys have a great kind of reset here, and they took full advantage of it. So great job by the coaching staff, great job by Andy Dalton, and great job by Zeke all having great performances here to get a good win against a rising Minnesota team. Kind of a team, um, you know, following or Dallas is kind of following the Vikings playbook Vikings coming out of the bye changing up kind of how they're winning run 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 heavy winning multiple games three straight wins unfortunately couldn't make it four against the Cowboys but you know these kind of buy resets here they're helping a lot of teams they're helping the Vikings helping the Cowboys who else who else have they helped um, no teams are coming right off the rip but uh, this Cowboys team man I, I like I, I'm definitely very promising of what we saw. The defense was good. Um, let's see their takeaways here. Uh, let's go here. Um, see their takeaways. They know we have at least two, at least one fumble. Did they fumble twice? These this Vikings team fumbled twice. Uh, they did. Dalvin Cook fumbled once, and Kirk Cousins fumbled once. So their star players fumble. Dallas's star players don't fumble. Finally, Zeke doesn't fumble. Finally, finally. So Zeke stepping up is kind of the main 
the main focus that we should be focusing on this game. Mike McCarthy coaching decent is should be the second thing, and Andy Dalton playing well it should be the third thing that we share should be looking at. Um, and let's look at. I mean. Andy Dalton was giving it to his receivers. Amari Cooper, leading receiver, 81 yards, six receptions. CeeDee Lamb, second leading receiver, four receptions, 34 yards. Michael Gallup, third leading rece receiver, two receptions for 29 yards. So going to his actual receivers, letting Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott do his thing on the ground, and definitely he did. All right, let's look at the Vikings now. Kirk Cousins, 22 of 30, 314 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. This was a great game by Kirk Cousins, except he did have that fumble. So, unfortunate. Um, and we see what, what the Dallas Cowboys did off these turnovers. The first fumble came from uh, Kirk Cousins. He got sacked, unfortunately. Um, yeah. So Kirk Cousins fumbles first, and the Cowboys cash in with the touchdown. Very well done. They only had to go 30 yards, and they do that. And then their second fumble comes by Delvin Cook, I believe. Yep, Delvin Cook fumbles the ball, and then the Cowboys cash in for three points. So they scored 10 points off the turnovers. That's a great sign there. Cashing in on turnovers is huge, folks, truly. Uh, but Kirk Cousins and Delvin Cook both had themselves a good game. I mean, Delvin Cook at, or uh, Kirk Cousins, as I just said, 22 of 30 for 314 yards and three touchdowns. Very, very good game. Delvin Cook, 27 carries, 115 yards and a touchdown. Once again, a very, very good game. So this Cowboys defense, very bend but don't break got out to a good early lead got some good early turnovers and just kind of held that kind of momentum and points for the entire game and uh they get the win um Kirk Cousins throwing to Adam Thielen no surprise there Justin Jefferson no surprise there number two the, the top two wide receivers Adam Thielen 120 123 yards and two touchdowns Justin Jefferson 86 yards and a touchdown so Kirk Cousins going to what he goes to his number his both great wide receivers. That's why Kirk Cousins has taken a little bit of a dip this season, a lot of interceptions uh, because he doesn't have Stephon Diggs. And now that Justin Jefferson is really just kind of being a, a great rookie, he really maybe should win Offensive Rookie of the Year. This man's playing great. And Kirk Cousins is definitely appreciating having two great wide receivers on his team instead of just Adam Thielen without Stephon Diggs. All right. <clears throat> so... Uh, yeah, this was Dallas and Vikings in just kind of a huge scoring fourth quarter. Dallas put up two touchdowns. Vikings put up a touchdown. Very well done. And uh, they get did they put up only one touchdown? Oh, two touchdowns because this one was carryover from the third quarter to the fourth quarter. So, um, yeah, just a great game by both teams. <clears throat> Dallas gets the win. I think this is more impressive than uh, the Vikings win. Uh, just because the Vikings were so good and they 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 did what they come into every game off of the bye expecting to do. Run heavy with Delvin Cook and then, you know, running opens up the path. The pass opens up the run and they were both just working off of each other. So great win by the Cowboys. A tough loss to swallow for the Vikings. And it's going to make it even harder for them to make the playoffs now at four and six. This is definitely a playoff caliber team ever since the bye, but unfortunately they're not going to get the break like this Cowboys team is in a, in a very weak division where they can win the division at probably six or less wins they may be able to do it. So Cowboys get the win. Very well done. We called it. 
and they were getting seven, and they went outright. We don't even need the seven. That was our best bet of the week, and it pays off. Very well done. Alrighty, three more games to go. Here we go. Cow or Dolphins and Broncos and Tua got benched, folks. Truly unfortunate. So he wasn't playing well. I mean, we see the touchdown here because they only had to go 22 yards for the touchdown because they got the interception. And, I mean, Tua in the red zone is fantastic. We all seen it. Um, he threw another kind of back shoulder in the end zone for the touchdown. That's how he's scoring, I think, all of his touchdown passes, just kind of back shoulder fades in the red zone, in the end zone, and he's perfect at it, going to Devontae Parker, his tall weapons. So that, that aspect Tua is very good in. But moving the ball from the 20 to the 20, that that's where he struggles. Not a lot of downfield passes. Now, is this Tua or is this the offensive coordinator? I'm not a big fan of Chan Gailey. I've never been a bad, been a big fan of Chan Gailey. Uh, everybody says he's this kind of great offensive guru, but he doesn't have the stats or the really wins to back it up. I think he was with the Bills for a long period of time. If my memory serves me right. And they, I don't think they did anything great offensively with those teams. So I don't like Chan. And he was in retirement. He came out of retirement to coach Tua. I don't like that. I, don't, I really never liked that. So I think we have to get rid of Chan Gailey. Um, Tua definitely. I mean, he he's working with what he's working with. Mike, uh, Devontae Parker, I mean, a great tall weapon. Absolutely. But we really don't have that number two big wide receiver to really get it to. Mike Kosicki is the second leading receiver in this game, and he's a tight end. Salvan Ahmed is the third leading receiver, and he's a running back. So just not getting you know to the wide receiver weapons because we're not that deep at wide receiver. So unfortunate, but you know Ryan Fitzpatrick made it work. So you know Tua, why aren't you making it work? We are gonna have to dissect that. I mean, look at all these three nows. I mean, three now, three now by the Dolphins, another three now. Uh, Fourteen plays that end in a field goal, which is a good drive, but. You know, got a cap, got a cap off on touchdowns. I mean, folks, we started out three. Now we had one, two, three, four, four, three, and outs in the first half. Not good, really, not good. And we only got the touchdown because we only had to go 17, 17 yards off the pick. So. Uh, Tua really couldn't get it done, and the three and outs continue in the start of the third quarter. We go eight plays, only 15 yards. We have to punt, and then we start bringing in Ryan Fitzpatrick. And Ryan Fitzpatrick giveth, and Ryan Fitzpatrick taketh away. We know how this man operates. He gets brought in. He goes down, scores a field goal, makes it a one-possession game, and then he has all the Dolphins fans ready to eat out of his hands and apologize and say this is the reason why Fitzpatrick should be playing. And then, you know, the two uh, audition narratives almost all pouring out again because of this game. But he gets down at the Denver's 15-yard line, and he throws an interception. Classic Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, was this just a giant screw you middle finger to Brian Flores and the entire Miami Dolphins organization for benching Ryan Fitzpatrick? Maybe. He throws an interception in the red zone, um, in the end zone, actually, going to Devontae Parker, kind of a post. Um, unfortunately, the safety was there, and he picks him off. So <clears throat> we'll watch that uh, that those kind of drives by Ryan Fitzpatrick on Wednesday as well. We'll kind of look at that final play where he threw the interception. Was he throwing it intentionally? I think that's something that's kind of funny to kind of uh, look into, so we will look into that. It could have just been a giant middle finger. Hey, hey, Brian Flores. I have a chance to tie up this game. But remember, you benched me? Pick in the red zone. Pick in the end zone. Oh, no. We lose. I could have won it if I played the entire game. But And if I played last game, 
in the two weeks before that, in the three weeks before that. But I got benched. Tua. Two was what y'all wanted. So the two was what y'all getting. I'm throwing the interception in the red zone. <laughs> I'm throwing the interception in the red zone. Um, so that was the Dolphins. Defense got out to a decent start, picked off Drew Locke, and Drew Locke I thought was going to have, you know, a classic Drew Locke game, four interceptions, not getting going into the fourth quarter, but this Dolphins defense really folded and allowed the Broncos to really kind of move the ball at will. Ever since they got that first touchdown, the Dolphins defense just could not stop them. They put up the touchdowns, they put up the field goals. Um, we got a couple of lucky turnovers here. We They fumbled at the one-yard line. Melvin Gordon fumbles at the one-yard line, and we take it, and that, and then we throw the interception. Uh, I think that's, uh, yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick. So we had so many, you know, we, we were given, you know, chances to win the game or to at least tie the game, but Ryan Fitzpatrick pulls an old Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's why we're not starting Ryan Fitzpatrick because if we're just going to get close competitive games where he just throws interceptions in the red zone, we're just going to go with Tua because he can do the same thing. He can do the same thing. So Ryan Fitzpatrick did not, you know, earn his job back. He should not be starting. Brian Flores has already came out and said that Tua will be starting this week, and that's fine. I've got no problems with Brian Flores benching Tua. I really don't. You go into every game wanting to go out and do whatever it takes to win that game. Now, if that's going to hurt your quarterback's feelings, if he's not performing well and you have to bench him and bring in the backup, that's just unfortunate. This is a team game, folks. Offense is only half the battle. Defense is the other half. And then we have to bring in coaching and play calling and uh, you know preparation and all that and then the execution part so I have absolutely no problem with him benching Tua. This shouldn't hurt Tua. This shouldn't be a knock to Tua. This should just be, hey, this is a team game. You know, the offensive line is performing well. The defense is performing well. Are we just going to accept a loss because our quarterback's not playing well? I'm not going to. These, these players have been playing all week to get ready for this game. I'm not going to because we're starting Tua and we're trying to coddle Tua. That's coddle Tua. That's not what we're trying to do here. We're trying to win games, win any way possible. If we have to go to our first string, second string, third string quarterback, if we have to run the Wildcat, if we have to rely on our defense pick sixes, that's what we're going to do to win the game. So absolutely no problems here with um, Brian Flores benching Tua for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, let's talk about these stats real quick. I don't think we even talked about them. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 12 of 18 for 117 yards. And that's what I mean. Like, as soon as he comes in, we're able to kind of sling it and get the balls in the hands of our playmakers down the field. But Tua played, you know, all the way up until then. Let's uh, let's get the actual play that he was benched on. Was it on this punt, this last punting drive? I think it was. So Ryan Fitzpatrick, he comes in our first drive in the fourth quarter. He comes in and just, I mean, he had one quarter of play. The man comes in 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. That's his first play, and he puts up a lot more yards, better completion percentage than Tua did. Tua went 11 of 20, classic Tua stat line, 83 yards, touchdown, no pick, got bailed out because he did throw an interception in this game, but it got called back because of a penalty. So once again, Tua a little bit of a bailout with the no interception in the stat that line but he's got to play better in the first couple quarters this was like why we were a little hesitant on taking this game you know um you know obviously hindsight's always 2020 we probably shouldn't have taken this game but that's why we put it in the 99% guarantees because when our defense isn't just you know crushing and getting so many turnovers and getting so many great opportunities in the first and second quarters quarters for the offense to score we haven't seen Tua take command of an offense and just really put up you know four, three four touchdowns on his own 
driving the entire length, putting up, you know, 20 points on his own. We haven't seen that. So, you know, we didn't see it here either. So another week we don't see Tua doing that, and it is unfortunate. Uh, let's go to the Broncos now, and Drew Locke almost was going to be, you know, trash Drew Locke, but he gets the win, and we have to talk about him as a winning quarterback this week. Uh, 18 of 30, not great, a little over 50% completion percentage. He did have 270 yards. I mean, this man was slinging it, and that's why it really just really hurt our defense when they started to put up the points. We could not stop this offense. It is truly unfortunate, and they had a great running attack, too, that we could not stop at all. Uh, let's start. Well, let's keep talking about Drew Lock here. No touchdowns. The interception. Uh, the interception came on their first drive, and I, well, I was watching this live, and I was like, "This is exactly how we thought it was going to turn out, right?" <laughs> Dolphins turning over or getting turnovers on defense, like we've been doing these last four weeks, setting up easy scores for Tua. In the first, uh, let's say, uh, five minutes of this game, we score a touchdown exactly, basically at uh, at the five minute mark of the game. So. Dolphins score a touchdown. That's the only touchdown we got in the game because of the turnover. And uh, Drew Locke doesn't throw any touchdowns. So Drew Locke wasn't the main reason why they won the game. It was their running attack. Look at this. Melvin Gordon, 15 carries, 84 yards, two touchdowns. He also had that fumble on the one-yard line. Not good by him. Really kind of opened the door for the Dolphins to really, uh, you know, get back into the game and have Ryan Fitzpatrick the opportunity to go down and throw the game-losing interception instead of being down 14 and him scoring, you know, a touchdown to bring it in seven games or seven points. So Melvin Gordon had 84 yards and Philip Lindsay had 16 carries for 82 yards. So they're running back by committee over a hundred yard rushing, a hundred yard rushing. Absolutely fantastic. Let's look at who uh, Drew Locke was getting the ball to Tim Patrick, five catches for 119 yards. Noah Fant, their tight end, 55 uh, yards. Didn't mean to click on this. Jerry Judy didn't have a lot of yards, but had a great play. He picked up a first down and a lot of yards on on this one uh, pass here. But uh, he ends the game. Hang on, let's get back to here. Uh, he ends the game with you know three receptions for only 37 yards, but one was a huge, a huge catch in the fourth quarter to kind of prolong a drive and eat up more time off the clock. So well done there. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, just uh, our defense let us down a little bit. Our offense, too, definitely let us down a bunch. I mean, I really shouldn't say that. Our defense held the Broncos at 20 points. I mean, folks, that's pretty good. That is pretty good. If you don't score 20 points, do not expect to win the game. Dolphins put it, don't put up 20 points. We shouldn't expect to win the game. So, offense, definitely a little bit of a letdown. We'll see how Tua responds to this. Does he get better? Now, does this give any, you know, kind of clearance or, you know, kind of vindication to Adam Schefter that this is an audition for Tua? I mean, he couldn't do anything. I mean, he really hasn't done anything too great offensively. Just feeding off of the defense when he hasn't been able to do that. I get that we don't have a lot of receivers to get him the ball to, or to give the, you know the players the ball to. But got to find out the ways when find out ways to win the game. His completion percentage has never been great. His not turning the ball over is the best thing to has done this uh, this season. Uh, so this is Dolphins Broncos. I don't change my mind on the Broncos at all. I think we're going to start changing our mind on the Dolphins a little bit. We are going to drop them kind of heavy in our power rankings going into this week. We had them at number uh, number four. They're going to drop kind of big this week. This is a huge letdown, huge letdown. Alrighty, then we had Chargers and Jets, and uh, do we care? I mean, we liked the Jets plus nine and a half. We really thought that was a solid bet. 
and that one hits. So well done, Jets plus nine. Uh, Joe Flacco, 15 of 30 trash i mean 50 percent right on the button uh 205 yards two touchdowns in the pick and i think the pick was a pick six and it was um truly trash justin herbert had himself a great game i mean this jets defense is trash so why not go have a great game and this man did it 37 of 49 366 yards three touchdowns no picks very well done young fella but once again this chargers team a big lead 24 6 and then they start to lose it and they almost give up the game the Jets made it a 26 to 34 game at one point Chargers intentionally take the safety to basically run out the clock and that's where we get the 28 34 so uh, final score so this Jets team had a chance to come back and win the game because this Chargers team always blows leads and clams up offensively. Um, but yeah, Justin Herbert, that's the main thing to take away from this game. We know he's good. We, there was never any question in this game. He absolutely fa went fantastic. You know, when you have an opportunity to showcase your skills because of a bad defense, absolutely go ahead and take that. Absolutely. Uh, this Jets team is still trash, though. Frank Gore, 15 carries, 61 yards. Classic Frank Gore. Joe Flacco, we already read his stats. Absolutely trash. And, uh, yeah, that's it. A lot of missed extra points. I think they missed two extra points. So, once again, trash. <laughs> this Jets team is truly not good at all. Um, yeah, just two bad teams going at it, and the Chargers finally hold on a win. They finally hold on to a win. All right, let's go to probably the best game of the night, the Chiefs and Raiders. This one was going back and forth, high scoring. Derek Carr had a great game. Patrick Mahomes had a great game. Let's start here with Derek Carr. 23 of 31 for 275 yards, three touchdowns. He did throw the pick. Let's see where that pick came. Uh, the pick came fourth quarter just trying to you know they were down four they had to do something there was 28 seconds left and he throws the pick so really non-consequential pick um Patrick Mahomes threw a pick as well once again kind of a non-consequential pick you throw a pick with 30 seconds left right before the end of half they did throw it on the Vegas's 14 yard line so they would have had an opportunity to get some points out of that drive to tie it up at 17 maybe going into half but kind of an unconsequential they didn't give up any points but still, it definitely killed him for getting points. We do have to recognize that. Um, Derek Carr was slinging it all game. I mean, 23 completions, 273 yards, three touchdowns, fantastic. Josh Jacobs had a pretty decent run game going, you know, with that huge pass game. Uh, Josh Jacobs, 17 carries for 55 yards. I mean, that's three yards a carry. That's what you want. And he had a rushing touchdown. Um, look at look at these wide receive these leading receivers for the Raiders. Nelson Aguilar, leading receiver, eighty yard, eighty eight yards and a touchdown. Darren Waller, their huge fast tight end, eighty eight yards as well with the touchdown. And then Hunter Renfro, two receptions for thirty seven yards. He was their third leading receiver. So, um, <clears throat> Derek Carr just going to his weapons. Why not? Uh, this Darren Waller tight end, folks, he's he's something special. And he he ate he ate up the Chiefs once again. He once again. All right, let's look at Patrick Mahomes because he had the game-winning touchdown drive. Um, 
uh, uh, Chiefs down 28 to 31, down three, and Patrick Mahomes leaves them on a seven play, one minute, 15 seconds, 75 yard drive for a touchdown. I mean, folks, that's truly magical. What other quarterbacks can do that with a minute, a minute and 15 seconds? They have a minute and 43 seconds left overall. They only took a minute and 15 seconds to go down and score the touchdown. So, unfortunate Raiders defense. It's tough, man. This Chiefs offense is just so explosive. They can hit at any time. And, you know, that's what we get from this Chiefs offense. Unfortunate for the Raiders defense. They can't keep up with the speed, the sheer speed. Let's start talking about the Chiefs stats now. Patrick Mahomes went 34 of 45 for 348 yards. Two touchdowns and the pick, as we said. Clyde Edwards-Hilar had a great game as well. 14 carries for 70 yards and a touchdown. Le'Veon Bell went 7 carries for 25 yards and a touchdown too. Look at them go. 3 rushing touchdowns, 2 passing touchdowns. You love to see it. Let's see who Patrick Mahomes is throwing to. Travis Kelsey was the leading receiver with 127 yards and a touchdown. Tyreek Hill, baby. 11 receptions for 102 yards and the touchdown. So, um, you know, Derek Carr was going to his tight end and receiver. Uh, for their weapons and Patrick Mahomes is like I'm going to my tight end and Ty Tyreek Hill our best receiver so very very close game back and forth high explosive touchdowns I mean was there like how many punts were in this game let's look at all these touchdowns Raiders score a touch we're just going to count off their drives all these drives we're just going to count them out here uh, Raiders first drive touchdown Chiefs first drive touchdown next drive for the Raiders touchdown next drive for the Chiefs touchdown Next drive for the Raiders, field goal. Then we have the pump by the Chiefs, pump by the Raiders, interception by the Chiefs, and that's the end of half. So a little anticlimactic in the last four minutes of the of the first half, but everything up until that point, very good. And now we look at the third quarter, and look at this, folks. Chiefs go up an opening drive in the third quarter, 16 plays, 93 yards, 8 minutes, 8 minutes, eating up basically the entire third quarter with a touchdown. And then the Raiders do the same thing, 11 plays, 75 yards, 6 minutes, 30 seconds. They score a touchdown. So they're just ate up the entire third quarter then we get a couple of punts here pumped by the Chiefs pumped by the Raiders and then we're back to scoring touchdown folks Chiefs touchdown Raiders touchdown Chiefs touchdown Raiders interception that's game over that's the game right there anyway so just high explosive touchdowns on every single drive touchdown not settling for field goals going for the touchdown long drives short drives I mean Chiefs went Chiefs had a minute 15 a minute and 15 touchdown drive going 75 yards and then they had an eight minutes 73 minute drive going 93 yards they can do it both ways folks Clyde Edwards Hilar did they have a lot of runs on this drive they must have three yard run with Clyde Edwards Hilar um couple of yard passes Patrick Mahomes passing then they get back to the run game two yard run with uh, Clyde Edwards Hilar nine yard run with Clyde Edwards Hilar two yard run with Clyde, Ed Clyde Edwards Hilar then we got the eight yard pass and we got a three yard run by Le'Veon Bell Rush for no game. Couple of passes here. Um, then we're back to Le'Veon Bell running the ball and just dinking and dunking. Couple of passes here. Couple of yards here. But just their run game. That's what you know allows them to go on these long drives. The passing game. That's what allows them to go on these short drives. The the Chiefs truly can do it all. Patrick Mahomes is now the clear front runner of MVP. We can't give it to Russell Wilson. You know, too many games with multiple interceptions. We can't give it to Aaron Rodgers. Just 
just too many games with multiple interceptions and just seeming careless and blowing games and blowing leads. Chiefs, 9-1. Patrick Mahomes, probably MVP. I think we squeeze, squeeze maybe Big Ben at number two. Um, but that was Chiefs Raiders. Absolutely fantastic. This Raiders team, they were getting plus eight and a half points. Another bet that we absolutely loved here. Uh, we knew it was going to be, you know, we knew the Raiders were going to be able to keep up scoring with the Chiefs. We saw it in their first meeting. So why would it change here with the Raiders at home? They can still pass it. They put up 31 points. It's just this Chiefs offense, folks, is probably the best offense I think I've ever seen in my lifetime of watching football. They're just so explosive. Minute drives, eight-minute drives, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. If you have Patrick Mahomes and you have Andy Reid, they're going to do their things, and they did their things exceptionally, exceptionally well last night in this game. Very fun to watch. But yeah, let's not, you know, this isn't a knock against the Raiders. They had a fantastic game. They probably, are they in our top ten? We don't have them in our top 10. We may put them in our top 10 this week. I think we've got some, I think we can move some teams up into this top 10. I think we can move some stuff around. So Raiders here, this is a good win. This is a good loss. It's unfortunate. It's a loss, but this is still a good win. They were competitive. They lost by four. They put up the yards. They put up the points. They didn't really turn the ball over. Derek Carr was very good. So both teams winning on the road, very strange. And, uh, you know, if they face each other in the playoffs, man, that's going to be one hell of a battle, truly. Alrighty, that was that's it for today, folks. We just broke down every game. Tomorrow, we are gonna have to shake up our schedule a little bit because we got Thanksgiving three games. So tomorrow, we are going to um, talk about. We'll, we'll update the cash and trash list. We'll update our power rankings, but we're also going to guess and react to the Thanksgiving lines. We're not gonna do the Sunday's lines just yet. We'll wait for that on Thursday, uh, but. Yeah, we are going to guess and react. There's three games on. We're going to make our picks on Wednesday. Is that right? Yeah, we're going to make our picks on Wednesday. So we react to those lines on Tuesday. We make our picks on Wednesday. And then we kind of do it again Thursday. We'll kind of guess and react to the Sunday's lines. And Fridays have our picks. Um, so, yeah, we got to get ready for Thanksgiving. That's going to be a great game. We're going to call all those games. We're going to make a pick for all those games. And then we'll make more picks on Sundays, folks. So we're, we're going to have a great week. Great, great week, folks. Three games this week, midweek on Thanksgiving, food, football, all day, Black Friday shopping. What more is there to want? So a little bit of a schedule change, but hey, folks, we roll with it. That's what we do here. We just roll with it, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Cash and trash list, power rankings, guessing and reacting to the Thanksgiving lines. Oh, and breaking down Monday Night Football. We have to give our picks. We never give our pick. Oh, my goodness. What am I doing? Uh, we never gave our moneymaker Let's update this line real quick. I think it's at four and a half. I think it's still at four and a half. Uh, Bucks minus four and a half. It is still minus four and a half. So um, this is tough. This is real, real tough. I'm talking about because this Rams offense doesn't put up a lot of points in this Bucks defense can't put up a lot of points. But we are going to give it. We're going to go Rams plus four and a half. Or we're going to count on this defense, folks, this Rams defense to shut down Tom Brady. I like it. Aaron Donald allows a lot of pressure on Tom Brady. Tom Brady likes to be comfortable. He's not going to be comfortable. Um, and then this backfield of this Rams, the uh, you know the defensive backs, very good. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, one of the best in the league. Um, they are going to have to put up points, though. They're going to have to put up more than 24 points. They are, because I think this Bucks team, even with this Rams defense, has the ability to put up 30-plus points. So, 
We're gonna go Rams plus four. We're gonna take the we're gonna take the points tonight, folks. This Rams defense has been very good. Um, you know, I'm the uh, Tom Brady had his best game last week. Nobody's doubting that. Can he keep it up? I don't know. We kind of saw you know something similar to this a little early in the season, maybe week three, four, where you know he went to his receivers a lot, looked good, and then the next game he kind of resorted back to going to the, to the tight ends and dinking and dunking. So. We're going to go with the Rams here. Sean McVay, primetime game. Going to be a close one. We'll take the four and a half points here. Uh, yeah, so tomorrow we'll also break down this game um, while talking about cash and trash and power rankings and guessing the Thanksgiving lines. Alrighty, that is it for today. Takes by fans everywhere. Follow me on Twitter. That is my preferred use of social media. At Takes by fans. Come watch live. Uh, takes by fans on Twitch. And we we got the podcasts. So, However you want to watch, folks, it's up to you. I give you all the options. It's up to you to watch. Please watch. <laughs> all right, here we go. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Noon Eastern, twitch.tv slash takes by fans.